Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, hi, hi. Hey, Ralph sucks. He's not here this week, okay? You got a superstar with you this week. I am Chuck Bonex Lobson from XM Radio. And I interview people like Rob Halford and and Axl Rose and what have you. Unlike Ralph, who sucks, and this idiot who's going to introduce himself now. He's fat. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Ian. Oh, yeah. Finally, I got a co-host that's going to take me to the top. Take you to the stars. <laughs> oh, thank thank God, because you know I got I got tired of the other guy. Uh the the, the ego. He's oh sucked. man. He's oh sick. man, all, all all the stuff he achieved and stuff. I got tired of it. I I, I want that next level co-host. Oh, you know how refreshing. You know, I really appreciate that, you fat motherfucker. You know you are fat, <laughs> but you know I love you. I, I, I'm getting some passive aggressive vibes here. Fatty. I love you. <laughs> Back at you. Smack him a gob. Now it's the real intro. No more of that poser shit, Ian. How you doing, man? Yeah, there's, there's another one. I'm, I'm ready to go now. Well, yeah, you <laughs> drank all that in the last minute, that first one. Yeah. <laughs> real time. So, uh... uh What's going on, dude? We got, we got, this is an old episode. We did months and months ago, but the audio, like, Ian was super low and I was super high, or maybe it was backwards. And I had to sit through the whole thing to edit it, to raise the levels on whoever was the lowest, just to make it equally good. And I think I did a damn good job on it. You won't be, you won't even tell the difference. You won't even, because I, I match that. Sh- I'm really good at this, Ian. And, well. uh, <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> no, everything else I'm bad at, you know? Why do you oh, think okay. I have no girlfriends? Oh. I don't know how to fuck. <laughs> that was my impression of Chuck Lobson again. And, uh, well, here's the deal, man. So it's a good episode. We talk about Bathory's first album. And uh, I edited it down pretty damn good. It's a fan-paid episode, a donated one. Sorry it took so long, but hey, man, let me tell you something. Ian didn't, but I worked for that episode double. Yeah. Ian, Ian was just home being a fat ass while I'm fucking editing because he's fat. <laughs> I love you, Ian. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I hate you. Don't leave. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, the, the more I think about it, you probably just should have let it sound like it sounded because then it would have sounded like Bathory. Oh, there you go. So, so stick around. One of us loves it, and you know who hates it. No, no, no. Well, well, I, yeah, you'd right. be, su- really be surprised. It. Yeah, you were you were freaked out by the sound. Yeah, I don't remember, yeah. man. I, it took me forever to fucking edit this shit. But yeah, it, no, it's I worth it. I, like I worked for it, man. But uh, yeah, so so this is one. Uh, this will be the last one, hopefully. Uh, with weird sound because we both upgraded our, you know, our mics and our setup and everything. So 
what a fitting way. For, you know, th this is our last, hopefully, bad-sounding episode. But um, it's not, not not that I'm saying it's bad, but uh, you know what I mean. That you yeah. should have to doctor fuck up. Exactly. It there came you out go. good. You're going to like it. Yeah, we sound better now because this is the future before that battery. Uh, yes. Thing, but um, right on. So, um, got any news or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. No iTunes reviews except uh, Charles, I can't call him Chuck, uh, trainer said he did write us a new iTunes review because he said somehow his disappeared. And I don't know what's up with that. And the thing is, when you leave an iTunes review, it usually doesn't show up for a couple of days. And he just messaged me that today. So next episode, we should at least have, you know, a new old review to read <laughs> or an updated version. Yeah, you know, you know what, Ian, let's face facts. iTunes, getting iTunes reviews now is like, we might as well go to MySpace to look for a fucking review. Nobody goes to iTunes anymore. It's, it is it is the MySpace of uh, MP3s. Well, you know, and another thing, too, is we only get to see the U.S. reviews. We don't get the ones from all over the globe. And right now, I think we're like Kiss in 1980. You know, we're more popular in Australia. You know, back, back home, you know, here in the colonies, we can't sell out, you know, uh, the Palladium. But yeah. if we went to Australia, there'd be tons of reviews. For oh, us. my God. I, I know it. I know it. Oh, yeah. We'd be playing Wembley. Is that over there? No, that's England, right? Wherever the yeah. fuck. Wherever the fuck is the big place. And we're, 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 oh, my God, Kiss did the symphony. That, that stadium. We'll do it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but uh, we we're bigger than the Beatles. But, yeah, we wanted to get this episode out because uh, I'm getting ready to have surgery on Monday, Ooh. we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday night. This news segment. You're gonna get and, an uh, adictomy. Yes, finally getting the adictomy. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, I found I found a donor. Uh, the good news yeah. is, I think he's a former point guard for the Lakers. So oh, hey, yeah, you lucked out. You All lucked right. out. It wasn't me, man. Because I'm packing <laughs> a belly button. <laughs> so let's let's hope that all works out. But uh, in all serious, now I'm having like. Uh, uh, I'm getting a nose job. <laughs> I shouldn't be getting lipo on my fat ass, but I'm, I'm getting a nose job. But actually, Ian, I'm getting a nose job, nose job too, because we might be going to Australia. Nice. Got to look good to, <laughs> in that stadium. But now I, I, I am having surgery on my deviated septum. Uh, but I'm having surgery on Monday, and I will be off work for a week. And I don't know how I'm going to be after that. But if I'm okay, that leaves us time to knock out a bunch of episodes, hopefully next week. So fingers crossed, everything goes good. I don't die on the table and we can record some new episodes. But just in case we wanted to get this one out. Yeah. So you're not going to die. You're okay. But if you do, this will be the final episode, everybody. But yeah, you see, the thing is that everybody knows that I know about medical procedures because I am a doctor. I don't know what that septum shit set you said was, but all I know <laughs> is, that, is after you get your surgery, if you feel a little pain, I'm a doctor. Snort cocaine. Yeah, well, hopefully after this, I'll be able to again, and even out the right nostril. So wow, wow, that bad? Oh wow, it's more it's more serious than I thought. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, you once gave me, you know, your your diagnosis and you said, if I survive that food I ate at that gas station, oh, uh, that I, oh, I could survive oh, we, anything. We must, we must repeat this story. For those that missed that epic episode of Ian being, <laughs> Ian being in Miami with me and we went to the gas station, after hours, the gas station's closed. And I'm getting gas, and what's laying right next to the gas uh, gas thing? A fucking, uh, what was it, like a carton full of rice and beans and what else? I, I thought it was I thought it was a sandwich and fries. I don't know. I was. Well, maybe was maybe you're right. I, I was. I swore there was like rice and beans involved. You weren't. Was, was that after priest? It was after Judas priest, and you were you were mighty right. So I'm pretty. And I, you know me. I was sober. So. I'm pretty sure, but it was a while ago and I have a shitty memory, but you know, when you're eating like rice and beans that was left at a gas station, that's something you'd remember. Even in my fucked up mind, I'd stayed in there. But anyway, I'm looking at you and go, what, really, dude? Whoa, you're fucking, dude, you're death metal, man. Yeah, so if I survive that, then I, I, I should be able to survive surgery on my styles. Surgery, accept them, schmep them. <laughs> uh well before we get to the news uh i just want to say congratulations on something you did that's gotten a lot of traction a lot of press and that's your interview with tony martin oh yeah uh, yeah yeah man that was um that was a little tricky i mean hey don't get me wrong i would love to get tony martin on the rock and metal combat podcast but that situation was Last minute and at 10 in the morning. That's wow. when I did the interview. It had to be done at four his time in England. So, of course, right. you were at work. I couldn't tell you, hey, get right. off work, you know. And right. uh, so, yeah, I, I got him. And, uh, and you know, I'm, the interview went really well because, man, it really does show that I have, a like I was just talking about earlier, I have a fucked up memory. You know why? Because I fill up my memory with fucking useless information like the Tony Martin years and, you know, what Ozzy had, uh, you know, how Black Sabbath got cocaine in cereal boxes. My my mind is so full of metal knowledge that, you know, everything else is like nothing. But I really, really like hit a home run with these questions to him, man. I was just throwing out questions and he couldn't have been cooler, man. But... One thing I learned that was really fucked up. Yeah, it was picked up by a lot of news outlets. And they all have, like, kind of misleading, especially Loudwire. Loudwire's um, thing was, like, Black Sabbath tried to oust Dio during the Dehumanizer. He never said anything even remotely like that. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Man, I'm telling you, clickbait is wild stuff. Wild stuff, I tell you. But uh, yeah, thanks, dude. It was cool, man. I mean, it was a last minute thing and I fucking hit it, man. I fucking, it was canceled one time before. And then, you know, and they, and they told me, look, it's not going to be on camera. And then he was on camera. I'm like, and I wasn't ready. I mean, my boxer just came out of the shower, you know, I was like, I ain't getting on camera. <laughs> like, like I am right now. I'm just in boxers, man. Scratching my balls. I can't be doing that during a Tony Martin interview. You have underwear on. What a sellout. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and they're not black. They're not metal looking. <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't wear anything but black. You fat they got, asshole. They got unicorns on them and shit. 
Yeah. Oh man, but no, that's that's incredible, man. I'm very happy for you, man. And, and what I got to see of it so far, you did a great job, and he seemed like a really cool guy. Oh, what a so. sweet dude! And we kept in touch afterwards. I mean, he wrote me the other day, and uh, you know, he was very happy for you know all the, you know, he, you know, he even says in an interview, nobody really heard my side. You know, you've heard it in right. books, but they're kind of one-sided, this and that. So he let everything out, man. He didn't hold anything back, and it was awesome. And there was but, far more juicier things in that interview than he recorded on a Dehumanizer demo. He talked about how Eddie Van Halen wrote a song, uh, Evil Eye, and came yeah. to the studio and recorded it and everything. And there is a recording of it. But the one that made the album is just, uh, what do you call um <clears throat> It's just Tony. And how Ronnie James Dio was pissed off to see him backstage at a Dehumanizer show. You figure those will be better headlines, right? Right. But uh, in the in the future, though, if you get a good Black Sabbath singer, I'll, I'll call in to work. See, that's you why. Know? That's why I'm not going to get a good Black Sabbath <laughs> singer for you now. Because here's the deal, Ian. I'm a big fan of fucking Tony Martin, and you really hurt my feelings, man. Hey, I, I, I love Eternal Idol and, and some of Headless Cross. Yeah. Tires the best. But, uh, Oh God, that's the worst. I'll take cross purposes over that. What? My ego. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously though, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate and, it. And and also you you sent me pictures of something else cool that you did last week. Uh you went to a rock and roll fantasy camp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this will lead into the, I'm sure, our main story with the Judas Priest thing. Um, my friend called me up and he said, Hey, you want to go see this rock and roll fantasy camp? I got this, these tickets for it. So I was like, yeah, dude, fuck. Um, Richie Faulkner, uh, Dave, the beast Spitz, Rudy Sarzo, Tony Franklin, Steve Howe, dude, that new guitar player for Vixen. I'm no Vixen fan, but that bitch did that bitch did fucking highway star. note for note, right next to Steve Morris ripping right next to him. I was like, wow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Good guitar player. And uh, uh, Greg Howe, you know who that is? Greg Howe. Like yeah, yeah. Our God type dude. Vinny Apice was there again. And I told him about the elevator thing. <laughs> and I said it to him, joking around. I go, hey, Vinny, you know, I met you in Nashville. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, we were in the elevator for like, I don't know, like a minute. You remember me? <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy in the elevator. For I was just fucking. He started laughing, actually. I he wasn't really offended, you know? And uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. And I and I hung out with uh, Rudy Sarzo and talking to him about, you know, where I live, because this is where he's from, uh, Hialeah, Florida. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but when he was in Quiet Riot, touring during Bang Your Head era, we used yeah. to call his parents. They lived here in Hialeah. His dad has the same name, and they were in the phone book. That, oh, kids, oh. by the way, back in the day, there were these books with phone numbers. They were called phone books. And uh, yeah, we, Rudy Sarzo, we were caught, and they were the nicest old, well, fuck, man, they're still alive, God bless them. But oh, no shit. Yeah, man, as far as I know, they're still alive. And uh, they were the sweetest people. And my friends ended up actually hanging out with them one day. They had, they, my friends were invited to their house for a barbecue. Like, they invited Rudy fans. How cool is that? Wow. But I was That's pretty fucking cool. Thing. I wish I would have gone. But anyway, I told them about that, and, 
and he loved it. He laughed and shit. He's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. You know, and uh, he's the nicest guy. I've met him before, but I never really talked to him before. And right. I, I, well, I, I met him. I met him briefly when he was playing for Jeff Tate, you know, and he signed my Quiet Riot and stuff. Uh, very nice, but, you yeah. know, I didn't get a lot of time with him. But, yeah, super nice guy. Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is people that waste a lot of money. They blow a lot of money so they can go to this rock camp type thing and they have teachers like one group has rudy sarzo as a teacher the other one has vinnie apathy you know each each group has like you know a famous musician teacher and this is their grand finale when they play in front of everybody with you know said you know musician so it's basically like a bunch of people you don't know with one musician you do know playing a song that they practice at rock and roll's fantasy camp you know what i'm saying well, yeah, you know, I don't think we ever talked about this on the show, but that's actually how I met you. You were doing a coattail yeah. clinic. Yeah. And uh, I, I paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> and let me tell you something, man. Nobody, nobody came close. I said, hire that guy. Yeah, I Not studied. Look, at how he hold, look how tight he holds on to that motherfucker. Well, well that, that that's the thing is I, I'm, I'm so fucking fat, you couldn't move your coat. <laughs> you know, I just kind of stuck around. But I love you, man. <laughs> but I'm a fan. You're fat as fuck, but I'm a fan. Oh uh, no, but that—that's awesome, though. And uh, I heard you—you you mentioned Dave Mustaine, and I saw something on Blabbermouth of him performing there. But you didn't get to meet Mustaine. Mustaine didn't go that night. He wasn't scheduled that night because it was a big mix-up. They had one at. Oh. Uh, God damn it. Deerfield Beach, where, by the way. Okay, that, that that's not where you went. I, I no. saw that. I just assumed that's where you went. It was the next day. and But oh, Faulkner okay. was supposed to be there. Not Mustaine. Faulkner was. And they and and I'll... All right, let's just get into it. The whole Judas Priest with a four-piece, right? Yeah. So the they're giving this guy... Check it out. They're giving this guy double duty, who just came out for a heart attack. And when I was at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, they said it on the loudspeaker... Richie couldn't make it tonight. He, he's having health issues. Now, he lives down here. I don't know exactly he, where, but he lives in Florida I, somewhere. Really? I thought he lived in Nashville. Well, then I got bad information from somebody. Okay. Yeah, today. Well, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I did. I don't, I don't know. I, I heard he lived in Nashville. Well, somebody told me he lives in Deerfield Beach. But okay. who, who knows? Who knows? You know, uh, This guy might not know. I know for sure Glenn lives in Jupiter. Jupiter, Florida, uh, not the planet right. Jupiter in. Right. And uh, so, you know, they're going out as a four piece and this guy is not doing well and they're giving him double duty. It's, it's fucking lame. And, you know, I don't know if you read this story to not be outdone. Maiden now is going to tour without a bass player. <laughs> you know, that's why I was going to bring up Maiden because, you know, seeing priest with one guitar player would be like seeing maiden with one or thin lizzy with one i mean these are bands that are known for a duel in some cases a three guitar attack how do you do judas priest music properly well, and are, are are they going to pipe in you know another guitar part which i think is extremely lame and i'm not even saying you have to get kk which you know would be ideal but, ah, damn. 
Well, you know, well I, don't know, I don't know if you know this, Ian, but you know what would be not as ideal as KK coming back, but would be fucking badass, and he has made it vocal that he wants to join Judas Priest. George Lynch. George Lynch, man. Richie's father-in-law. And uh, yeah. so uh, can you imagine that? Faulkner and that Lynch doing Priest songs. It's not Judas Priest, but I'd go see it. Yeah, I'd go see it. I mean, even when he mentioned that, though, I'm just curious, like, how that would sound. Because you know, I'm a huge Lynch fan. But to me, he sounds nothing like, you know, KK or Glenn. But I don't you know, want and, that, and, Ian. I don't want a right. fucking tribute band. I want to see somebody I want to see somebody up there try to be not Glenn Tipton. You know how Tommy yeah. Thayer goes out there and does Ace Fairly every night? I don't want that. I'm not going to see Jesus Priest. I'm going to go see fucking Rob Hoffer, Ian Hill, and Friends. So get two badass guitar players up there. And it'll be like a cool priest type tribute show. Look, I have nothing bad about uh, priests. I mean, the last time I saw him with Ian was an amazing yeah. show. But dude, if it's not Glenn and it's not KK up there together, I'm sorry, it's not. It's just not Judas Priest. And now one guitar player that's neither KK or Glenn. Holy crap, man! What the fuck? Yeah, uh, but I, I gotta go back to something you just said. Maybe I got bad information off the internet, but you're saying that Tommy Thayer is copying Ace? <laughs> no, I, I I saw on the interweb here that Tommy Thayer is the spaceman and he wears the makeup. So I thought Ace Fairley was ripping him off. You know what? He didn't get off that kissohmygod.com site. Okay. All <laughs> right. Where you're getting that information from? Kissohmygod.com. Oh my God! <laughs> the spaceman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's you know, got makeup. <laughs> you know what's funny, Ian? I mean, I'm here. You're here too, because you have your faults too. But look at my fault. I get upset over a guy dressed up as a spaceman, <laughs> playing just like another spaceman, identical, and a guy that dresses up like like a cat that <laughs> was not the original cat. And it upsets me. Tell me how stupid you're, I am. <laughs> you're not the real cat. You're a fake cat. You're a copycat. Yeah, you're a better drummer, and I don't like it. You're cheater, Chris. And you're fake, Fraley. <laughs> Holy fuck, what's wrong with me, man? Seriously. And yeah, how old are I, we? <laughs> I, you know, you know what I think is my first, my first, uh, my first step to recovery from. Kiss twatism. I'm gonna What's unsubscribe that? to kissohmygod.com. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna start there, and if I get last a good week without the shivers, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, I'll come back uh, next week, and they'll be your 18th favorite band. This is getting serious. <laughs> yeah, you know they were knocked down to 16. I forgot by who. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and closing on Judas Priest, yeah, this four-piece, man, and I almost traveled to uh, Washington to go see him with my son, but unfortunately, like, the day of the week it was and where it was at didn't work out, and now I don't feel as bad, even though I, I ain't gonna lie, if it was in New Orleans, I'd still go see it, but yeah, it doesn't sound too enticing. 
I'll go see it too because honestly, I mean, I love Judas Priest. I lo- like I said, I love Firepower. I love all that shit. But it's not Judas. It hasn't been Judas Priest since the British Steel fucking uh, anniversary show. The last one with KK. That to me was the last true Judas Priest show I saw. I, if it's Ian Hill doesn't even matter. But if it's Glenn, Ken, and fucking Rob, that to me is Judas Priest. Yes, I'd rather have Les Binks up there, but I can deal with Scott Travis, you know. And uh, and Ian Hill, I mean, God bless him, but you know, come on. If there's anybody more replaceable than Ian Hill, please tell me who that is. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I hate I to say him. it, I love Ian Hill, and he's not a base, bad bass player, but come on, if if, the, if this fucking trendy ass planet can accept Judas Priest without KK Downing, come on, <laughs> you know, who is more important, KK Downing or Ian Hill? You know? Hey, if you can accept Kiss without Mark St. John, you know, you're a better man than me. Oh, God. All right. Carrie King just bought a condo in New York for $3.65 million. Right. Good for him, man. You know what? Good. Thinking back to 1984, dude, listening to Show No Mercy for the first time. Didn't really like it much. It needed to grow on me, but still, it was so hardcore, so underground. To think one of those members now through that band bought a fucking condo for fucking three million? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And you know me, I you know, I love Slayer to a certain part, but still, they did all those early shit. So for that, I want them to be rich. And it says his his monthly like condo association fees, which you lived in a condo for years, so you're no stranger to that, is Four thousand five hundred and seventy-two dollars. Well, that's Holy ridiculous. Shit. Mine was under three hundred. It was like two eighty. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I saw it. So I'm like, okay, funny story. Looks like a nice fucking condo, but it gets me thinking about this new project that we're we're supposed to hear that you know is rumored to be him, Bostoff, uh, Phil and Selmo. But I haven't heard any rumor on a bass player. Now, this does sound like an intriguing project. Who would you, like, if you could pick one person to, to fill up that lineup on bass, you know, and, and besides Ian Hill? Who would, <laughs> I was who, about to say Ian Hill. Well, yeah. The next obvious sort, choice is Bobby Dahl. <laughs> yeah, but but he's, you know, he's going to be on the stadium tour. So, yeah, you know, yeah. t- Take him off the list. Yeah. Who is some who is somebody that you think would fit in? Bobby Dahl, Bobby Dahl has a good excuse, just like Sam, Sammy Hagar. He's always got a stadium tour, he's got to turn down off Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Dee Dee Verney would be nice. Frank Bell. I mean, but these are people that, you know, they got banned. Right. So, man, right. to think of somebody that is not in a band or it's just like mm. You know, Allison can leave that piece of shit band he just fucking. Released. You hear that new song he released with his band, The Lucid? Holy no, I've I, I've heard so much solo Ellison, and and again, super nice guy when we met him, great guy, but garbage. Yeah, yeah, his his solo shit leaves a lot to be desired. So he should leave that and join this band. He, I mean, and then play like he did from Peace Sells Down, because he dumped it down like Gene Simmons. You know, but yeah. there's a million other bass players I can think of, you know, but um, the, the obvious choice would be, you know, hey, you know, it's like kind of thrashy, get a thrashy type bass player, you know, and Ellison, I guess, would be a good, 
And plus, you got that, you know, jerking off factor. It brings publicity. Yeah. 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 They could be the jerk offs. Hey, we're the jerk offs. Because, you know, the strokes is already taken. Whoever they get, I'm, I'm excited for that. But I think, you know, if you're going to have, you know, and I know some people are like, eh, Bostoff. I, I think Bostoff is an amazing drummer. I've seen him tons of times with Slayer. And I, I think he's incredible. I like what he's done, you know, with Forbidden. I like what he did with uh, Exodus and Testament. So, uh, you know, and, and then you add Phil to it. I think that's great, but you really got to ha- you got to bring like another A-leaguer uh, to that. But I'm excited for it. And I hope we finally get to hear it. That's been rumored for a while. You know, and also, man, I'm telling you, I've said this before on other, I don't know if I ever said in the podcast, but I would be like the greatest manager. You know, see you, you what you heard right there? I just got an idea. Um, I would be the greatest manager. And I'll tell you why. Because if I ran the, that fucking band, I'd say, look, Ian gave me this idea, and it is the perfect idea. You guys should call yourself the jerk-offs. Now, <laughs> you call them the jerk-offs. You know how much more publicity? Everybody knows one guy already. You know, but And they should do, like, you know, before they release the album, they send a bunch of videos of them jerking off to underage girls. And they'll bring so much put. I should be their manager, man. <laughs> yeah, they can call themselves the jerk-offs. They can put out an EP. Cause it's over too quick you know that's that's marketing there goddamn it no no they can release a, an ep verse um worth the material but i will pressure them to fill up the album with nothing but mentor songs <laughs> and i got a mentor's thing dude this is shocking to me today out of many many years i don't know it's been decades really i have not watched that quiet riot wild in the young video Dude, yeah. I watched it today, and I don't know why I watched it. Oh, yeah, because somebody posted it. And I'm watching because it it's been so long. There's a scene where they drag a guy into a room. They shave his head. It's fucking El Duce shaving his head from the mentors. Really? Dude, I was so shocked that I said, wait. I go, that has to be El Duce. I Googled it. Sure enough, man. He's he does, he's in the video for like five Five seconds shaving this guy's head down. There was two people. One, he's one of them, and they get a close up of his face like three times. I'm like, that is El Duce, man. That is the dude that killed Kirk Cobain. That I mean, there's no mistake about it. That's him. Wow. I'll have to check that out because there's only three things I remember about that video. One, how bad the song sucks. Two, Kevin DeBro's wig. Yeah, that and was three. Awesome. And three, Wink Martindale. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He, yeah, you're right. He's the news reporter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh. I, you know what? I love that song. Yeah, I, I said this earlier. I went to see the Quiet Riot three tour opening Poison, believe it or not. And wow. uh, yeah, it wasn't a good show, obviously. And when I walked out, there was a radio station giving away, literally giving away the Quiet Riot three album vinyl in '86 to everybody walking out of the fucking place. So I got a vinyl. And I brought it home. I was like, dude, I dig Wild and the Young, man. This is pre-internet. I never heard the album before. Holy shit, what a fucking shit fest that album is. That's the I only know. song I like off it. No, the funny thing is, I, I hate Wild and the Young, but I like Twilight Motel. <laughs> you see, there you go, man. You, I got you, problems. Yeah, you. that's why you and I work well together, dude, because I'm fucking, dude, I care about a guy in cat makeup. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> oh, 
Well, you didn't get to meet Dave Mustaine, but at the uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp he did show up for, uh, he <laughs> people got to perform with him on Megadeth Classics, A Turd Limon, and Symphony of Destruction. Hey, let me, how, tell you, how, how, let me tell you, I'm sorry to cut you off. Just, I'll, I'll let you go in a second. Megadeth definitely has something to do with this Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp because the show I saw... They played Tutamon again. They played Symphony of Destruction. They played Angry again and 99 Ways to Die. What are the odds, dude? All these bands play Megadeth songs. It's, I'm sure because there, there's a connection with Damon Stain and the organizers where, you know, they play a song and he gets more money. Some shit like that. That's probably the only way he agreed to do it. So, yeah, I went to go see like a mini Megadeth tribute show on, sun, on Sunday because that and Deep Purple stuff were like... Uh, yeah, and they oh, and you know what was really good? They played Good Times, Bad Times with Carmine. Oh, I mean, not oh. Carmine, Vinny. Holy yeah. shit, was that awesome. Vinny was killing it. Killing it, man. Wow. Well, they should have played it with Carmine because he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine, though, you get to do a fantasy camp and, and those are the songs you get to play. Yeah. That'd be yeah. like, you, you, you get to be, oh, my God. You know, it's a KISS fantasy camp, you know, and you get up there. Okay, we're going to play Silver Spoon. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, fuck. No, fuck. Uh, Every, all the KISS tards, they'll be like, oh, my God, Silver Spoon. Oh, yeah. It's a deep track. Never never play that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm the first guy to ever play Silver Spoon live with KISS. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just the fact that I'm upset over a guy in space makeup and cat makeup and that I know Silver Spoons was never on a set list, it's surprising I've been laid in my life. <laughs> You're using a backing track, and that's not the real clown. I want the <laughs> other guy in clown makeup. <laughs> You're you're not Bozo. <laughs> I love Kiss, but you make so much sense. <laughs> it's like you go to see the Bozo show, and that's not Cookie. That's that's some other asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, if they weren't at number 16, like number three on my list, I'd be arguing with you now. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm that you have valid points. It's a valid point, man. <laughs> oh, my God, Kip. They're destroying Kip. Everybody now is like Devereaux. <laughs> now I know how Poison fans felt when Richie Conson joined. You don't look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, here's the show. I'm seriously considering traveling. I just don't know where I'm going to travel to. But Wasp finally announced Wasp. It's a Blackie Lawless uh, finally announced U.S. tour dates for the first time in over a decade. And tour support from Armored Saint, which that's enough to make me go there. Yeah, no, actually, um, I wouldn't drive to Orlando for just Blackie. I'm going right. up there to see fucking Armored Saint own Blackie Lawless and his backing tracks. Yes. And if if you're lucky enough to catch the Texas shows, Michael Shanker will be there as well. Yeah, and again, I'd rather get on saying explain why, because I don't want to go see Michael Schenker open for anybody, because it's only going to be fucking UFO and early Michael Schenker songs. You know, it's going to be very condensed. 
The last time I saw Michael Shanker was three hour show, man. I was like, what is that? Michael Shanker and Friends or some shit where all the singers were there? It was fucking awesome. Three hours of that shit. I loved it, man. To see him condensed, you know, and opening for, you know, Black Ian's tapes. Now, Armored Saint will destroy. Dude, I saw Armored Saint open for Queensryche. Oh my God, that was like the most ownage I ever saw because. Hey, you know, I love Queensryche, but they picked the shittiest set list that night. And and fucking Armored Saint was fucking brutal. I mean, they were like, all the songs you'd want them to hear, you know, Chemical Euphoria, all, right. all this shit, Hate Dirt, you know, and uh, yeah, it was just fucking awesome, Rain of Fire. And then Queensryche comes out and just, I've seen, that was the worst time I saw Queensryche. I've seen Queensryche with da- Todd Delatory that were as good as that armored same set, but at a separate show. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to hold out and see if they they do a show with Michael Shanker where it's Michael Shanker and enemies because it'll be all the former bandmates that I care yeah, about. You can't fit all those people on the stage. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I want to see him and Rudy go at it. Yeah, Rudy. Yeah. yeah. Rudy uh, but uh, no, I, I'm interested in this. You know. I, I do love Wasp, but this is so not Wasp. It's the Blackie Lawless experience. But I've never seen Armored Saint. Oh and my god! The, and yeah, you got to travel. Yeah. So here's 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 what I'm looking at. Here's what I'm looking at, and it all depends. I see the dates, but I don't know what day of the week it is and shit. So the Texas, I could go to Dallas and go see it with Donnie Allen, uh, possibly. Or I could go to Florida and see it with you. And Charlie Hell. I, yeah, hell yeah. And Daniela, she'd be and there. Daniela. Uh, or I could go to Nashville and see it with Sinzak. Or, let's see, is there... Uh, I don't think they have a Washington date to go see it with my son. There is San Francisco. Maybe I go with Bill Wang. But uh, I, I got to see. It, it all depends. Or I could go back home and see it in Illinois and go see it with my Satan brother, Matt Pasenka. I don't know. I'm going to have to. Why don't you just go see him when he plays New Orleans? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they ain't coming. Well, I thought I thought they were playing New Orleans and you just had frequent flyer miles. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a thing. I mean, it, it would have to be like a like a quick in and out trip. You know, like when well, I went then, and saw Uncle Ass. Orlando would be cool, dude, because we ain't getting no hotel. We're watching the show and driving back home. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Well, I got to I gotta see. It's November 26th. Uh, Tim Bream might go, too. He, I, I bet he'll go to that, too. He's very close to Orlando. Well, way closer yeah. than that. Yeah, if Paul Stanley doesn't have him arrested by then. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it that's two days or three days after... The Nashville show, and I know around then I should have some time off for Thanksgiving. It all depends on when holidays fall and shit like that. But uh, you but yeah, I, you got to see it, Ian, dude. You got to see Armored Saint, dude. Yeah, and, and and I I think, well, you know, and if you and me see it together, you know, we can we can see who could piss off Blackie the most. So that well, just bring know. a video camera. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh. You know, the cool thing about going to see Wasp is, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, when a girl hangs out with a girl who's fatter, so they look thinner. 
You know, so like if I'm standing next to Blackie, I don't look so bad. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, is he in Lost Weight? No, he's just standing next to Blackie Lawless. You know? <laughs> and plus, he's so. doing the old show, throwing out the meat, doing all the old songs, except yeah. against the Lord. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know what? I, like I said, I wouldn't drive three hours to see this shit. But Armored Saint, to see to see Armored Saint do a blistering opening set, I'll travel three hours for that. Plus, I get to stick around and see, you know, him do his little theatric things, you know? Which I did see it. I was uh, privileged to see the first Wasp tour open for Quiet Riot. They destroyed Quiet Riot. And they did the whole meat, drinking blood, all that shit was done at that show. Shit, I took pictures. I still have pictures. I was the first Tard in at shows that would have cameras out. Uh, taking pictures of the band obstructing everybody's. I did this shit before. Free cell phones, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had one of those big ass VHS video camera yeah. camcorders. <laughs> yeah, man. My back was killing me at the end of the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look into that because I, I do want to see that. And to see the great Armored Saint would be amazing. So I have really terrible news, Ian. What's that? This is really bad. Um, this just happened to me two days ago. Um, my band, Thrasher Die, dude, it finally dawned on me. We fucking suck. And you know why what happened to me two days ago that made me realize this? And I know you think I'm crazy, and actually I am. You remember like a couple hey, weeks ago? Hold on, hold on. Before you get into this, I know what you're going to say. No, you don't, actually. All the Thrasher Die albums with Sammy Hagar went to number one. Yeah, but yours, yeah. yours sold more. That you know? is actually in the future. That hasn't happened. This is why, okay. you know, uh, yeah, you know, Sammy's going to replace me. Fuckers in my band. And, um, but here's why I realized. I, remember a couple weeks ago, I told you I binge watched Freeform Rock Podcast? On yes. Well, dude, yes. I I actually listened to the I don't know why, dude. I, I, I just, dude, I, I have a boring life. You know, late at night when I ain't got shit to do. I'm on the line and then I thought, you know what? Let me go check out Freeform Rock Podcast, one of their recent episodes. And I found one. It's, it's Limp Biscuit has an album called Sucks. Like Limp Biscuit Sucks or something like that. Yes, it's a new album they put All out, right. I guess. Yeah, they reviewed that and I listened to it. And their guest was Bushy. Oh. And, and, and Bushy loves the album, obviously. But Bushy said during the episode that Limp Biscuit's version of Behind Blue Eyes blows away the Who's version. And oh my god! And Nate likes Thrasher Die. Dude, we Ooh. must talk. Oh my god! For your love for, for for Limp Biscuit, I'm breaking up the band. I'm ashamed now. Have, have you ever heard their cover of Behind yes, the Eyes? Yes, actually, actually, when he said it, I went and listened to it. I said, oh, oh my God. No I go, let me hear it. And I was like, wow, man. That's when, you know, that's, wow, dude, before the song was over, I was in the other room breaking all my Thrasher Eye shit. A shame. Yeah. Oh, bushy. Bushy, 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 bitch. Oh. That, that that's sad. One of the greatest lines in that's the sad. Lee Gersman invades uh, Nashville video is when you said two things Bushy can't stomach: Jack Daniels and metal. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that, but it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bushy, but goddamn, bro, you're bizarre. 
You're oh my god! You know, he said when he saw Limp Biscuit on that episode, it changed his life. <laughs> oh my god! And I, I feel even worse for Bushy now because at least when he said that shit before, you know, only five pr- people heard him say that shit. You know, now he, but now, he, yeah, now like twenty. Yeah, twenty people. No, you said it now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I made it six. Come on. Oh, you know there is oh. a charitable part of me when I look at freeform. I'm like, come on, let me go out and hit. It's been here for five years and all. Let's make it to ten. Ten views. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, that is uh, that's sad. <laughs> Better what? than the Who version. I mean, let that sink in. I mean, I think that sinks in like in a nanosecond. You know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Bushy's hilarious, dude. Good dude, lord, he, Bushy's so insane that even Mark said, "Are you crazy? The Who version's better." <laughs> <laughs> That's how nutty Nate is. Yeah, and, and then Bushy went on to say he liked Mark's old teeth better. Oh my god! Oh, ow. sad times. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, here's another sad thing. Well, you know, while we're talking about sad stuff, uh, David Lee Roth ended up canceling all of his retirement shows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw yesterday on Blind Rally, I said, David Lee Roth explains why he canceled with a painting. And I, I was like, oh, God, let me go look at this painting where it makes no sense. And you look at it and it says something about COVID and shows a big, big bullfrog on it. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest fan of his artwork but that was by word by far the worst picture um but here here's what i'm thinking with that um you know dave kind of left those you know the cryptic things about his retirement and everything yeah i'm thinking that he does have a health issue and that he just he he can't risk it right now right he can't he can't risk catching the covid and, you know, I think before it was somebody in his band got it, um, you know, because it's not it's not due to lack of ticket sales because those those concerts sold very well and they actually added dates. So it's not, you know, like Kiss's second residency where, oh, my God, lack of interest. Um, you know, I, I just think something's bad and, and he ain't risking you know, that could be a death sentence for somebody his age. And it, it's unfortunate. I hope they get rescheduled. But uh, but who knows? But that's very, very sad to hear, you know. And it sucks because there was a lot of people that already had, you know, tickets, you know, plane tickets, hotel reservations, all that kind of shit. But you're seeing... A lot more of that. I know there was like a big, you know, the Dead and Company were having a big festival in Mexico. And like a couple of guys went out of the band, you know, weren't going to be at the show. And then they canceled the whole thing altogether. And all these people are already there. It kind of worries me about concerts I have coming up. So I want to see everybody, you know, stay safe except for Sammy Hagar. And, you know, let's get concerts going again. You know, it sucks. I'm scared shit's going to start getting canceled again. But you know, you can't get mad at the bands. You've seen all these people canceling all their European trips. Uh, you know, and that sucks. That's a bad sign. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we're all enjoying some rock and roll. 
Yeah. And uh, but, I got a story. Okay. Um, you can goof on me too, because you know you are allowed to, because it is actually if you have anything discouraging and goofing on me, I totally accept it with this. Uh Skid okay. Row released a vinyl box set like two months ago. Yeah. And it's going for 180 bucks. I found it well, for 120. Okay. What albums? What what's uh, all, all of this? With Sebastian. You know, main reason I want to get it was so okay, so three, so three. Do you do you get the, beside be, the EPs has, in there too? It has the EP and it also has a, a, like a live EP also attached. Okay, to it. okay. So I paid fifty bucks less, or a little less than fifty bucks less. Uh, I bought it on December first. It's still not here. So I've been writing these assholes, but I felt foolish at the end because I never noticed. You know, they kept sending me the tracking number. The tracking number made no sense to me kept writing them back what the fuck what the fuck it turned out this copy i got for 50 bucks less was from slovenia oh which means i ain't gonna get that shit for another month <laughs> yeah those slovenians ain't known for their speed i'll tell you that much <laughs> no it's good because <laughs> it's, it's a foreign country you fucking racist you fat bastard um no the, the thing is that uh Fuck it, fifty bucks less. Wait a couple extra months, fine, you know. Uh, but I'm also fearing what condition are these albums going to be in by the time they get here, you know? Yeah, no shit. And how is that poor donkey going to make it across the fucking Atlantic, <laughs> you know, with your record? <laughs> you know that shit strapped to a donkey leaving the village. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ian, I got two words for you. Zeke Heil. <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm Ian. Not, not trying to parents. get along here, man, with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you if you want to make the world a better place, there's got to be a little bit less Slovenians. Yeah, you know. Well, Ian, you should thank me because I just made you look good by saying Zeke Heil. Now I look like a bad guy. Slovenia is one thing, but Zeke Heil, come on. That's like pedophile <laughs> shit. You know, they say this, the Slovenians, you know, they run the vinyl trade, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Jews might have the media, but Slovenians got the vinyl trade over in Europe. You know, I didn't come up with this. Ian told me this off the air. There's a reason that slow is in their name, Slovenia. <laughs> Ian told me that. That wasn't me. Yeah, I'm just looking up on Wikipedia. You know, they got the beady eyes and the chiclet teeth. Years of inbreeding. Just saying. I just hope we have no Slovenian listeners <laughs> that, that just moved well, to fucking Australia. Well, the, the bitch of it is we probably do, but they won't get this episode for about two years. And when it gets over there, they're going to be pissed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to be uh, anti-Semi by then, by the way. <laughs> Uh, well, more bad news besides the, the you know the Slovenian mail crisis of 2022. Uh, Buggies, Burke Shelley died. Budgie, did you just say buggy? Buggy, budgie. What the fuck <laughs> <Bucky>. is it? <laughs> buggy. Buggy. <laughs> you know that band, Buggy? <laughs> is it her? <laughs> you know what? Look, look. It's is really it Herbie? <laughs> Herbie. Is it? Is it Herbie the, the med? <laughs> Herbie the bungee bug. <laughs> Herbie the buggy bug. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and so you know who else is dead? General uh, Francisco Franco. It's still dead. <laughs> still dead. No, look, look, it's sad. You know what I mean? Look, man. Nobody, nobody's going to get that reference but you and me, by the way. Yeah, unless they're old like us. And, yeah. But, but um, what do you call uh, Budgie? They, 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 they wrote some, you know, the, the dude wrote, uh, you know, uh, oh, what's that song? Bread Fan and Crash Course of Brain Surgery. Of course, Brain Surgery. Yeah, he wrote some good Oh, shit. no. And people, no, they're a great. A lot of people try to get me into that band. Look, rest in peace. But I tried, man. I have all really? the budgies on MP3, dude. I can't get into it. But hey, wow. that's what I, 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 yeah, I really dug them. Yeah, no, I, I dug them. I dug. It's acquired taste, I think, vocally. Um, I would say almost like a like a rush situation. Not comparing to rush musically, but he has a unique voice. I'm a big fan of them. I, I I think they're really good, even though I don't know how to say their fucking name. But uh, uh, you're the you Mark know, Alden Taylor of the Rock and Metal Combat oh, hor Horrible. <laughs> Lee Gershman. Yeah. Sammy Hackard. <laughs> Buggy. Oh my god. <laughs> Buggy. <laughs> Buggy the love bug. Rest in peace, Buggy. It was horrible. We should be laughing. Hey, the guy was influential, and you know, John from Raven did a you know a post about him how devastated he was. I mean, this is a very important band to a lot of people I love. So I don't uh, mean to goof on him, but fucking Ian ruined it by calling him Buggy. <laughs> he turned this into a comedy bit. Not only uh, on Slovenians. He goes on this guy from Buggy that he loves, actually. <laughs> but still, he calls him Buggy. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? At this point, I think we better get into the album. All right, let's do it. It's a short one, so hey, I, I, I know you enjoyed the news this week. That shit was radical. All right, well, now it's time to get into the album, and uh, whoo, uh, this is an extreme one. I was happy to see this. We're going to talk about the debut album from Bathory, and uh, yeah, th this was given to us from uh, Corey Robinson. He gave us a, a list of albums, and, and talk about some diverse shit. I mean, I think he had Bathory, The Pixies. All kinds of like, you know, way different. Each band was more different from the other. But I was like, fuck it, let's do Bathory. And, uh, you know, I'm not as familiar with this band as you. I'm new to them, but I, I like what I've heard. Uh, but I definitely don't have the history that you have. So why don't you tell me, how did you discover Bathory? And when did you discover Bathory? Uh, it was in the 80s. I can't tell you exactly the year. It sure was in 84 when this was released. Even though I was aware of Venom and Slayer, I bought Show No Mercy at that time. And, uh, but I can't remember. It was later in the 80s when, you know, um, I figure maybe late 80s or yeah, it's 87 or so. Um, and it was this album. This was the first Bathory album I heard. Thanks to my friend Holy George and 
Holy fuck. And the thing is, too, up to this point, I kept reading about them in, you know, these metal magazines, Bathory, you know, um, this and that. But at the time, it wasn't like Bathory, the band that created black metal, which they're known for today. They're just, you know, the, a really killer extreme metal band. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, though, I put Bathory as the same way, you know, as I've said, for me, Black Sabbath, like, invented heavy metal. And Judas Priest perfected it. I feel the same way with Bathory. Bathory is to Venom to what Priest is to Sabbath. Because I know a lot of people claim that, no, it wasn't Venom. It was Bathory. In my opinion, bullshit. Bullshit. Venom was doing this shit before Bathory. But Bathory perfected it, you know? Um, not only, you know, uh, vocal-wise, because the vocals are so much thicker than Cronus, but lyrical, lyrically, they wrote shit that Venom wished they would have thought of, you know? Because it's so fucking evil and groundbreaking and chaotic that Venom was doing that, but not to the extreme of battery. For me, I just think they're, they got sicker vocals, and the production's even, I mean, it's hard to believe, but I think it's even shittier than the Venom thing. It's even shittier than the Venom production, but yet, I, dude, cleaning this album up, this album would suck. I'm sorry, this, this production is perfect. It's like, dude, is there a bass guitar in this fucking album? And then, like, later on, you hear it. You're like, oh, shit, there it is. I always crack up when I hear that bass riff. But, um... Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Bathory. Now, Bathory, the first three albums are kind of like the the early first wave of black metal. And then when they went into Bloodfire Death, that that album still had that, but it was already progressive. And then after, I love, that's my favorite one, but then, you know, there were a couple okay ones after that, but then they went into this Viking metal shit. And the guy, Corthorn claimed he never. He was not into Manowar. I'm like, bullshit, dude. Come on. It totally turned into like Manowar type shit with the sword album, you know? But um, anyway, um, I love Bathory, but I am more of a old school. They got a lot of albums. And uh, well, I should just say Quarthorn has a lot of albums. And uh, I'm just stuck to the old shit, you know? And this is amazing. This album is just fucking amazing. I think the next album is even more amazing, The Return. But this is, to me, it's groundbreaking. I mean, it may sound like Venom at parts, you know, and I hear some Sabbath in here. I hear punk rock in this band. I hear a lot of elements, to a lot of different things in this extreme, you know, but the lyrics really take it to another level. It's fucking amazing. Well, that's my history on Bathory. Bathory is a band that I always heard of, uh, probably from... I would say early to mid nineties. Uh, you know, as my taste got heavier, I got more into thrash, and I'm buying different types of metal magazines. You know, I'm not only buying, you know, Rip and Hit Parader and all that shit. But I'm getting Metal Maniacs and shit like that. Um, you know, I'd start reading about, but I'd look at pictures, and I just figured this would be something. I would have no interest in. 
I figured it would sound like shit. I figured uh, I probably couldn't tell what they were talking about, you know, but they had cool t-shirts kind of thing. And even though I knew about them for years, it was always, ah, I'll check it out, I'll check it out, I'll check it out. And it was actually Razor Fist that made me check these guys out when he did a Metal Mythos. Yeah, and, you know, I've got a, a love-hate thing with Razor Fist. I, I love the guy's passion. Of, of course, you know, I, I hate his politics. We couldn't be more opposite. And he seems to have gone more that way because it gets views, and I get that. You don't see nearly the metal mythos and the metal stuff out of him as you do the political shit now. But anyway, his, you know, his metal mythos are always awesome, regardless whether you like the band or not. And his passion, which I love for anything he talks about, you know, musically, his passion is what sold me. I was like, you know what, I got to check these guys out, and. So I download the, their discography, but I think the ones I listened to the most uh, was the next album, The Return, and then Under the Sign Under the Sign of Black Mark. And I dug those, and I was like, "Man, I, I need to give this shit a chance." You know, uh, there's some pretty cool fucking shit going on there. And definitely, the older I get, the the, the heavier I like. Uh, so it was a perfect time for me to find it, but uh, I didn't really go back and listen to this one for whatever reason. But when I saw those choices that Corey put up, I was like, fuck it, we're doing Bathory. I sent it to you. You're like, hell yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do. I got to think the Razor Fist, man. He's the one who led me to, to even you know get their discography and check it out. And we'll see what I think about this one. But uh, I'll let you take the first track, Storm of Damnation. Well, this is just a soundtrack to hell. You know, it's just uh, an intro. And, you know, it's got this really, um, you know, dark, like like it's a, you're in hell and you're in the bowels of hell. Uh, pretty much sets up what's going to happen. Uh, really is a, a fine way to start this album, if you ask me. What do you think? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm listening to it, and it just kind of made me laugh uh, at first because I already saw notes that it was an instrumental, so I'm not waiting for any vocals, but I'm hearing the music. I'm just like, ooh, it's spooky time, you know? And I, I know the year this came out. I know it's 84, so I'm kind of putting my my mind in that, like, okay, it's 84, this is what I'm hearing, and I'm thinking of, like, God bless the children of the beast or in the beginning kind of shit like that. And it's effective, but Jesus Christ at three minutes and six seconds, this is the third longest song on the album. And it, it's kind of like, I, I see what they're going for. I see what they're trying to. And, and, and again, it's pretty much one guy who, who runs the show here and he's dead. So there is no more battery, but, uh, I see what they're going for, but I think it could have been achieved in much shorter time. But uh, there is a certain... I, I, I don't know. its I try to put myself back in 1984 when I'm listening to this. And I, I, I can kind of see where he's going. 
But uh, yeah, it could have been trimmed a little bit, but it does set a mood. Uh, can't lie there. It, it, it is pretty effective. And I'll take the next song it leads into, which is Hades. And as soon as this shit starts up, I'm like, oh, somebody likes Venom. I can, yeah. totally, I can totally hear the Venom. But I'm kind of on the flip side of what you said. Um, and in, in a way, uh, I can see where, you know, you make the Black Sabbath Judas Priest comparisons. Uh, definitely Venom came first. But I definitely prefer Cronus's vocals over Corthon or whatever the fuck his name is. The vocals are kind of made me laugh right away as soon as I heard him because it sounded like Cronus's little kid brother. You know, it sounds like a young kid, but you could tell his heart's in the right place. You know, it's like he means everything he's saying, but I cannot understand a fucking word. Like you were saying, these are, you know, the sickest lyrics. They're sicker than Venom. Uh, maybe I need to get a copy of the lyrics or watch it on YouTube with subtitles. I have no idea what this guy's saying in 95% of these songs. I, I can hear a few words here and there and kind of make, you know, okay, it's something evil. You know, he's saying something evil, but it, it's it's recorded so fucking bad. It, it sounds like it was recorded uh, at the loading dock of a fucking radio shack in 1972. I mean, it's very lo-fi. And I'm glad I found it now, because if I would have heard this back in the day, I probably would have hated it immediately. I probably It would have just fed into my stereotype. If, if you're not on a major label and you're not on M MTV, you must not be good. What really opened me up to lo-fi recording was when I got into punk rock. And I, and I can appreciate it that, that the song can overcome, you know, the, the recording. Because it does, it sounds like shit, but there's a power here. And there, you can tell that, you know, I don't know, this guy is serious and he means it. Uh, it does sound, you know, pretty much like a Venom ripoff, but I gotta say, I really dig it. And I, I think Hades is, is, is a kick-ass song, man. I dig it. What do you think? Oh, fuck, dude. This song's classic as fuck. Those sick ass riffs, those I love those vocals. They're just so to me it sounds like a fucked up demon, you know? Um and uh you know that 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 sick fucking poverty production to me really adds a lot to this, you know? And to me it, it's it, yes, I hear Venom in it where by the way, Corthorn claimed uh Venom was not an influence, it was Motorhead. Okay. <laughs> but um uh but I'm telling you, man, like when Venom released Black Metal, you know, that's them. And, and musically, that to me was, you know, all right, the birth of Black Metal. But um, it, it didn't have that satanic content this one has. And I know what you were saying about you can't understand. I can't understand them either. I read the lyrics. And when you read the lyrics along with the song, you, you kind of make it out what he's saying. Well, you definitely make out what he's saying. Just uh, read along. You know, and uh, it's just shit that, you know, they wish they would have thought of. You know, to me, you know, it's it's more evil. Uh, the, to me, the vocals are way more groundbreaking. Um, 
something that's norm today when it comes to like you know black metal a lot of people sound like this but back then nobody shrieked and growled and sounded like this guy i mean maybe the closest was sodom but <clears throat> but this is just out of the gate uh historic to me hades is fucking amazing i also got to throw in merciful fate you know as far as like the first wave of black metal on the course celtic celtic frost celtic frost hellhammer and shit like that but they were all different than each other, really, where none of them sounded like Bathory and none of them sounded like Merciful Fate, you know, or none of them sound like Venom or, I mean, Venom, yes, Bathory, but what can I say? I love it. All right. The next song is called The Ripper. No, Reaper, just Reaper. Uh, this song rips. And what I love so much about this album in general is how pure this sounds. It sounds like I don't hear no pretension. I don't hear try-hard shit. You know, I hear blazing riffs. And this guy as a guitar player, you know, he's amazing, man. This Quarthon just rips, man. You know, and uh, you don't hear this type of musicianship on an early Venom album, you know. Um, to me, this this song is like groundbreaking stuff crammed all into a song. Uh, I absolutely love Reaper. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I dig this one, and I'm feeling like a very heavy Show No Mercy vibe on this one. Yeah, I, I think you heard some Slayer, because I, I definitely, I could see this song on Show No Mercy. I, I fucking dig it. And uh, God, you, you said something, uh, I'm trying to remember what the fuck you are. little drunk. Uh, God damn it. I wish I could go back and listen to what you said. But you, oh, you were talking about uh, the musicality on this. And I totally agree. Because, you know, you could say, like, you know, he got inspiration from Motorhead, you know, from Venom, you know, from Merciful Fate. And you mentioned Hellhammer. To me, this sounds like Steely Dan compared to fucking Hellhammer. Dude, I, 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 tried, I tried to, especially, like, the more I got into Celtic Frost, I was like, okay, I got to check out, you know, everybody talks about Hellhammer, Hellhammer, Hellhammer. I listened to it, I was like, holy shit, you know, this is fucking noise. This sounds like a fucking, somebody handed instruments to a toddler, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? But this guy, there's there's guitar solos here. You know, there there is a musicality, and I read uh some of the reviews of this and a lot of them are like looking back reviews and and they kind of all say the same thing yeah this is like this is the roots of black metal and shit like that but there's a musicality here that you wouldn't hear you know in half the bands that they spawned you know it's it's kind of like that you know that statement about when the ramones went to went to europe and everybody who was at that show started a band well, you can tell there's a lot of people who got into Bathory that didn't have the chops that Quarthon had. Because this guy can play some fucking guitar. And you can hear the thrash influence, you know, the, the proto-early thrash of, of Metallica and Slayer. But you can just as much hear, you know, the Motorhead, the Venom, and shit like that. But yeah, Reaper fucking kicks ass, man. I love that shit. All right, well, I'll take the next song. Uh, ne ne necromancy, yeah, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah, uh, 
I love it. I love it. And what I love is you can tell, and and you mentioned it earlier too, you can tell the passion when you listen to it. Uh, this guy is into this a thousand fucking percent. This is no fake bullshit. There's no, I, I want to get, you know, I'm in a band to get chicks or I'm in a band to get on the radio. This has like no commercial viability at all, but it's metal to the fucking core, even though it's, you know, some people might hear this and, you know, pass it off and, oh, that's just noise. You can tell this guy believes this shit a thousand percent. And I really dig this song. At this point, uh, it's my favorite song so far. I love it. What do you think? Yeah, I hear I hear a lot of proto thrash in this one, um, and yeah, I fucking love the vocals again on this one. You know, and uh, the noodly riffs. I think it's an incredible song. And like what you were saying earlier, you didn't understand the lyrics. Well, let me read let me read you a, a, a line from the song because okay. this is a song that's about a perverted Satan. It's, uh, I gather up the forces of darkness to bring damnation, lust, and war, to uh, demand all heaven's virgins to bend before our horny lord. Hell yeah. I love that shit. That shit's awesome. <laughs> you, and, and, and it's something that you know Venom would love to have done because they do some ridiculous shit like that. You know, like, you know, on the back of that Venom album, we drink the vomit of the priest. You know, come on. They would love to say come up with a line like that, uh, but necromancy, fuck yeah, dude! It's a part of a, it's part of history, man. This this is another amazing fucking song. I'll tell you my favorite song. Gets to. Oh, the next one's called a sacrifice. Uh, pure chaos, you know. Uh, Venom, like they were, they were satanic and vicious, but they were cartoony as well. And I'm not slamming Venom because I, I I think Welcome to Hell and uh, I would put Welcome to Hell and, you know, uh, Black Metal above this one and as much as I love this album. But um, this this is just flat out evil. There's no none cartoony about it. Should I read some more lyrics at the end? <laughs> All right, here are some lyrics from Sacrifice. I summon upon the living dead and demons in the sky. I drink from chalice warm and red and watch the virgins die. Present at ungodly births in unholy paradise. I spread eternal dark on the earth and rape Mother of Christ. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> that motherfucker be spitting. <laughs> That's just brutal as fuck, man. And I love... The unhinged riffs on this one, the fast-pacing drums, you know, it, it, to me, it demands fright, you know? It's just spooky and crazy, and with those lyrics, I just think it's a fucking... My second favorite off the album, Sacrifice. Love it. What do you think? Off of this, like, I, I could totally hear this on Kill 'Em All, like, riff-wise, and I had to look up while you were talking, because I keep saying, like, there's a naivete about this, but there's a passion there. And I looked up, he was 18 when this came out. I mean, think about that. So on, on one hand, okay, you can see why the lyrics are what they are. 
you know, and it's it's going for shock and extreme. I mean, think about when you're 18 and what you think is cool and what you think is badass. And you can kind of laugh at a lot of these lyrics, but then go back and listen to the guitar on this. And, you know, it's, it's not the best I've ever heard, but there's a lot of great fucking riffs on here. Like, fucking 18-year-old is playing this. But then go back and think about how passionate you were for music when you were 18. You know, I mean, I mean, people like you and me, music is still everything. But think about how passionate you were back then, even more so. And you can hear it in this. This 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 guy believes every word he's saying. He's playing his fucking heart out to the ability that he has. And and, and it's still, like I said, there's some great riffs. But it's like, wow, to achieve this at 18. And people still listen to this and, and look back at it very fondly. And it helped spawn a whole genre of fucking metal. And you did that at 18. Fucking amazing. All right. Well, we'll flip this. Excuse me. Fucker over. We'll go to side two. And it's In Conspiracy with Satan. Okay. This one is total venom. <laughs> I mean, you know, might as well call it In League with Satan or what? I mean, this one is, to me, the most blatant fucking venom ripoff. But I still dig it. I, I still dig it. It's probably my least favorite so far on the album, not counting the intro. But it still rocks. It, it, it's killer filler, but this one's a little filler to me. What do you think? Uh, no, I, I love it. I think this one is. Uh, it's it, it is it's sporadic, and I feel like it's musically dangerous. To me, it's kind of like a car crashing into a train and demolishing the train and killing everybody on board and you know not one scratch on the car but then the car uh blows up and killing everybody around it it's it's got this this hardcore element to it i hear hardcore music really and it's quick it's to the point and you know then you die that's how i feel about this song fucking it's just a rolling song uh i'll go to the next one um armageddon which is just more chaos i love those punk inspired riffs you know and that, and that non-stop bashing of the drums that i think i this is the song where i hear some bass on it it has a little bass like a little bass thing and uh it always makes me laugh I'm like well there he is <laughs> you know and uh i don't know i, I just say hear something so real with this track and album you know it's it, to me it's 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 like you know out of the box controversial but at the same time like you were saying the guy was so into the shit that i don't think it was him being edgy i think it was him being him you know and just being real and this song rules i can totally see satan play this before he goes to sleep the song rules what do you think about it uh this is unintelligible thrash i don't know what the fuck's going on but I love it. Uh, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, Death Leopard tried to write a sequel to this called Armageddon It and, <laughs> and totally missed the mark. But this is just, I don't know. This album, I got to say, uh, as a whole, the more and more I listen to it, and I've probably listened to it about four or five times now, 
every time I listen to it, I get more and more into it. Like I, I, I look past the sound limitations and, 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 you know, not knowing what the fuck he's saying, but I just get like the, the primal feel of it and the music and I can feel the fucking passion. And that's what I love. Every time I listen to this more and more, I'm like, I kind of get in his headspace. Which means I'm regressing into an 18-year-old, uh, you know, Norwegian. But that's okay. This song fucking rules. And then we go on to the next one. Raise the Dead. Fuck yeah. My favorite song on the fucking album. Uh, this one kicks the... And it is the longest song on the album. This is the epic track at 3 minutes and 41 seconds. <laughs> I love this shit. You know, and that's something we haven't mentioned. I mean, these are all short songs. A lot of them are under three minutes, you know, a couple over over three. But for the most part, under three minutes. But much like a Ramon song, they don't have to be any longer. You get what he's saying. But this one, there's just a little extra fucking oomph there. And the riff is fucking great. Uh, you, you know, the, the chorus is great. Uh, really think this is a standout track, and this is one you know, you know, that's you know for pretending sake, you know, the, the guy's still alive and they're touring. I would definitely want to hear this track at some point in the set list. I yeah, love it. Uh, what's insane about this song to me is the use of actual sound effects. You know, the bells in the beginning, the gong at the end. It's something I. I would think not would not be on an album like you know it wouldn't work on an album like this, but but of course it does. The opening riff always reminds me of Down Payment Blues by ACDC, but that's just lasts about like five seconds. But I get that Down Payment Blues, but then it yeah, changes quickly. And I, what I can hear a lot in this song, like you were talking about earlier, oh this is blatant Venom ripoff. This is Countless Bathory, you know, and you know they they, they named the band. Even though this guy did not denies, you know, having anything to do with Venom, there, uh, I, I forgot who it was, but it was a member of the band at this time that said they named the band after Countess Bathory and that they were into Venom, you know? And uh, I hear it. I hear that, you know, it's slowing down, but still as evil sounding as anything before this on this album. You know, this, if there was to be a mainstream song on this song this is as accessible as this band can get you know where at the same time mainstream people would run in horror if they heard this track but raise the dead is fucking amazing amazing then i'll go into the, my favorite track on the album war 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 i love the fuck out of this song you know it ends it's it's a neck ripper man you know i one time live performed this song with a black thrash band and I didn't know the lyrics except for the, you know, the, the, the chorus, but I knew the melody. So I went up there and did the, you know, the Dr. Fuck thing, but, you know, just, I knew the, I knew the melody to it. But uh, yeah, this is my favorite song off the album. A perfect cap to the historic slab of metal. It's, it's the shit, man. War is my favorite song on the album. Love it. Well, the, the funny thing is, I understood what you just said more than the lyrics to this song. <laughs> but uh, listen to this, I was like, God damn, this is solid. 
you know, and, and I'm looking at it, as I'm listening to it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, the song titles. I can see the length of the song. I know that this is the last, like, proper song on the album. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, there's not one fucking song on here I hate. Like, this, this is amazing for, for, for now that it's, like, this extreme metal and, and, and raw production and everything. You know, I like I said, In Conspiracy with Satan is my least favorite, but I still dig it. So I'm like, holy fucking shit, is this a solid fucking album? You know, my son likes a lot of, like, current extreme metal and different shit, you know, and he plays it for me. And I try to listen to it with an open mind, uh, but a lot of it falls on deaf ears. I'm like, fuck, I'm old. So, yeah, for, for an album like this, it, it is odd that I like this as much as I do. And I, I liked the stuff that I heard on The Return and the album after that, I think, even a little bit more. Uh, now, I, have, I, I listened to, like, a few tracks here and there. I haven't heard those albums in their entirety yet. But, uh, but this is kind of why I was sold on Bathory after I heard this shit on, on, uh, on Razor Fist's channel. Uh, it's just fucking killer shit. Uh, I, I, I dig it. Now, I, I do have to admit, this is the type of music I, I've got to be in the mood for it. You know, it, it's not, I'm, I'm not going to throw this on random. It's going to be one of those, like, all right, I want to hear some Bathory. You know, I want to hear some fucking extreme shit. And that's okay, you know. Um, but I dig it. I think it's a great way to... To end the album, even though I'll go on the next track, which is outro, which which is funny to me because I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> you know, where where's the outro? It's only twenty two seconds, and to me, it it's all part of war. Yeah, so I don't even see it, you know, as as a separate entity. The way Storms of Damnation, uh, as long as it is, does sound like something separate. Uh, outro just sounds like the end of war." But uh, I dig it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's to me, it's the end of war. It's not even a song, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't know if this is the case, but you know, I know a little bit about the music business. That you know, it doesn't matter how short the track is, you're going to get more money for more tracks on the album. I don't know if that's the case with this one since it was un so underground. But a lot of bands will do that. They'll throw in some bullshit. You know, so they can get more money off off a record. So, um, if he didn't plan it, well, he ended up getting a couple more shekels for adding that that outro to this album. But yeah, it bleeds into war. It's like to me, it sounds like the ending of war. You know, and the ending of this album. You know, I think this album, even though it's so short in twenty minutes, it's cool to end with some kind of fucking crazy sound, like you know, the beginning. You know, just like a bookend, even though it's super short, but. You know, but yeah, I never really considered it a track. I always think of War as the last track on this album. Right. Well, that is our review of the debut album from Bathory. It was released October 2nd, 1984. Produced by, it's funny, the credits say Corthon and The Boss. But that's the same person. But no, no, it's not. Boss, and this is, this is a weird story. Boss was this old. Yeah, yeah, Boss was this older guy, right? And then after Corthorn died, 
it became uh it, it turned out boss is Corthorn's dad. Isn't that weird? They never mentioned that he was his dad the whole time till after he died. Okay, well, well, well then I totally misread something. Yeah. Uh, his, his dad's a shitty producer, but I like the album. Oh yeah, his dad his dad passed away not too long ago, but uh, there's a band called oh what, was it Watane? I can't remember which one did like a a thing for Corthorn, like a battery set or something, and he was there. I saw footage of it. He was, he's like, I'm very proud, but very sad at the same time. And he has passed away since then. But yeah, boss, boss rules. Okay, well, you schooled me on that. Well, another thing that may or may not be shocking is this band is a three-piece. There was just a drummer and supposedly a bass player. Uh, and Quarthon did vocals, guitar, and production. Uh and I guess in a way it shouldn't be shocking because it sounds like three people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with a microphone. Um, I, I, I dig this, though. I, I dig it. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to the rest of their catalog, uh, particularly, you know, the first three. Uh, I don't know if I'll get into the Viking shit as much, but I like this so much, I think I will give it a shot. And, and see if I can get it. You know, when it, when it gets into the Viking and the power metal and, and that kind of European shit, uh, I kind of lose it. But you know what? This is out of the norm for me, and I dig it. So uh, maybe I need to give it a day in court. But that is our review of Bathory. And uh, a pleasant one to listen to. And, and I encourage people, even if it's out of your wheelhouse, give it a chance. Give it a couple of chances. It's only 26 minutes and 52 seconds, so. And take take out those intros and it's only 20 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, now it's time to go into the pick of the week. And uh, do you have a pick of the week this week, bro? I sure do. Um, and like what you were saying earlier, you said, well, you know, I'm going to give the first three another chance. No. I think you should go and listen to Bloodfire Death. To me, that's their masterpiece. That album is my favorite uh, Bathory album, though I love The Return a lot, too. I love the first three, but this album, to me, is kind of like, as far as he took black metal, I mean, after this is when he started to lose me a bit. I mean, Hammerheart was okay and all that, but this album, man, I mean, A Fine Day to Die. I mean, it's eight minutes long, but it's eight minutes of awesomeness. And, you know, we're talking about how all their songs are very short, uh, this album, let me look. Uh, the shortest is uh, four minutes, all right, or no, yeah, uh, 325. But you know, the longest is the title track, which is 10 minutes and 28 seconds. That's like side one of this album, which is heard, and uh, it's fucking awesome. I think this whole album it's a masterpiece. It's uh, one of the greatest black metal albums in my maybe with the uh, oh, yeah, there's a couple of mortal albums I would put up around uh, with this one. Because Immortal's my favorite. I even like the more Immortal Battery. But this was definitely be up in my top three favorite black metal albums of all time. Love it. That's my pick of the week. Blood, Fire, Death from Battery. Go with that one first before the, the first three. And he's into those first three. You know? All right. All right. Well, now I'm going to go 
my pick of the week. And my pick of the week, uh, you know, I'm going to go weird fucking metal type of shit I, I normally don't listen to. But for some reason, I picked up this album and I did not mind it. And uh, that is, I think I'm, I, I might pronounce it, D- Demu Borger. Yeah, Demi Burger. Uh, 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 the guitar player uh, is friends. I'm friends with him. He he was actually at the very second Thrasher Die um, warehouse show. He's an awesome dude. He he actually came to my city job. He actually came in, you know, because I worked the night shift, and he came in and we took pictures and we talked. And uh, super cool dude, man. Demi Burger. I've seen him a million times, man. That I know it's the most popular song, but I love. Spelled out, spellbound for the devil. Is that on that album? Uh, the one I picked. No. Uh, that song rules. And I'm picking. I I know these guys have different eras and stuff, and I've tried listening different ones, and some I get into, and some I don't. But uh, the album I'm picking is 2007's Insorte Di Diabali. I think that was when I saw them too. That was a Taurus album. But uh, it's Latin for In League with the Devil. But, uh, you know, I remember hearing all this shit about them, and I'm, I'm seeing ads and magazines, but I'm like, eh, it's not really my thing. But then I saw the video for the Serpentine Offering, and I was like, oh, fuck, I like this song. Uh, and, and the whole album. Uh, I kind of dug and they mix in some different shit that normally I don't like uh, like a little bit of orchestra and all this shit but for some reason this album worked for me and uh, I dig it so that is my pick of the week Demi Bourgur in Sorte de Bali I know a lot of people that call him Dummy Burger yeah I get yeah. that <laughs> It is a weird name here in the colonies. Doesn't flow off the tongue. But those are our pick of the weeks and pretty extreme, you know, an extreme album review, extreme picks of the week. Now let's go to an extreme fan, and that is Corey Robertson. Yeah. And uh, Corey is also going to, we have another episode to do for him. I'm not sure if Corey is guessing on that one or not i'm gonna have to check uh but even if he doesn't the other one's another great pick and it escapes me what it is now but it's something totally different than this and again he gave us a list of like four or five albums and i said earlier you know each one was you know none of them were the same and i love that that just shows like you know the different kind of shit he's into and uh you know, I love listeners like that, and I, I love, you know, people giving us those kind of different options. I mean, you pay for it. You pick whatever the fuck you want. But, uh, you know, I find it pretty interesting when somebody's like, okay, you, you guys pick from this. And, 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 and something that's that diverse, it just tells me, this is an open-minded person. This is a guy that listens to all kinds of different shit, just like Ralph and I do. You know, I, I love The Cure. Ralph loves Oasis. We both love metal. You know, we listen to all kinds of different shit. And that's why I think it's important that our listeners give this shit a chance. Because this, you know, I know Stephen Kirsch ain't got no fucking Bathory shit. And he probably won't like it, but you never know. Maybe he'll listen to it and he'll hear something. 
You know, this, this would definitely scare the shit out of Bushy. And that's, <laughs> that, that's probably a good sign. Right? He'd be like, nope. <laughs> yeah, for you guys who don't know, Bushy has a, a promo on on the radio metal station where they play black metal and he turns it off. Nope. And then he plays uh, nothing but a good time for poison. He goes, ah, that's more like it. <laughs> bushy, 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 bitch. And you know, you know, Bushy ain't listening now. Unless somebody directs him here, he's going to say battery. He's like, oh, they talked about me? Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, what minute is it? I don't want to sit through all this shit. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, Corey, I want to thank you. I, I know you've been on the Facebook page for a long, long time. And, you know, you have multiple episodes coming. shows what a great fan you are. Uh, you know, you know, you contribute not only with your time, uh, you know, but your money as well. And we thank you. And, and to everybody else out there, man, we are... We are kicking it into gear on these fan episodes, and there are going to be a lot of weird bands, you know. And I know we have some fans that don't like the the fan episodes because they are so weird. But I mean, come on, it's us. We're gonna make you fucking laugh, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, well, I've, you know, and also there's it's very surprising, you know, because even like the episodes that don't do well, they're kind of legendary. You know, like uh, a lot of people talk about that sabotage episode. That didn't do too good. Um, and Bill ain't listening now either, so he can't like, well, that's because I was on it, you know. Um, and uh, the oh, well, there was another one we did that I believe was kind of an extreme metal album that people still talk about. You know, it didn't do too well, but, you know. Yeah. And there'll be people talking about this one. You'll see you know, be, before we came back from the break, I put out two episodes really close because it had been a long time. I put out the the Ramones and the Allison Chains episode, and the Allison Chains just went off the charts right away. You know, people were checking that out, and a lot of people didn't check out the Ramones. But now the Ramones episode is gathering steam, and that was a great episode with Chris Sinzak. Yeah, you know, so you know. I hate to say it because I could be like that with a podcast. You know, if I'm a casual fan, I might just, you know, okay, I like I like this band, so I'll listen to that. But, you know, we have the most hardcore motherfuckers. And, uh, you, know, you know, even if you hear the music in the background, you're like, ah, I don't know, but, you know, you guys make me laugh. Uh, I, I say check out this album. Give it a couple listens. Yeah, don't listen to it once if you're not into extreme metal. Give it a few chances. You got to let it yeah. sink in. Because I, I will tell you this. The first time I listened to it, I didn't mind it, but I was like, I don't know if it's something I'll go back to. But because I'm getting ready for a review, I listen to it more and more. Every time I listen to this album, I liked it more and more. So give it a chance. Be cool, be open-minded like Corey Robinson, goddammit. Being cruel to your school. You may never get yeah, just like your mother and your mother. So if you're open-minded and you want to check out more weird reviews, tune in next week when we're going to talk about something that's probably 125 degrees different than this shit. Well, what is it? I, I don't know yet. 
I mean, what we review. There's a lot like this, but I'm saying. Yeah. But either way, we're going to tell some mom jokes and some dick jokes. Yeah. And you're going to hear them all next week on Metal Combat Podcast. And find out on the next episode if I really want to do a tranny. Survey says. Oh, I'd tune in if I were you. Shmagamagabs. <laughs>